Hello and welcome. My name is Lloyd and welcome to the Book of Acts. We are in Acts chapter 7 and working our way through Stephen's speech. He's been accused by the religious leaders of blaspheming, of, of disregarding Moses and the temple. And he's been put on trial and he is defending the gospel. And we've had a couple of sessions on his speech and this is the fourth part and we're going to be looking at Moses again, 40 years plus. I'm just going to read it out. So we're looking at chapter 7 of Acts, verses 30 to 43. Now, when 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the, in the wilderness, to Moses of Mount Sinai, in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. And as he drew near to look, there came the voice of the Lord. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. And Moses trembled and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their groaning, and I have come down to deliver them. And now, come, I will send you to Egypt. This Moses, who they rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? This man sent as both ruler and redeemer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. God sent him. This man led them out, performing wonders and signs in Egypt and at the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. This is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. This is the one who was in the congregation in the wilderness, with the angel who spoke to him at Mount Sinai, and with our fathers. He received living oracles to give to us. Our fathers refused to obey him, but thrust him aside, and in their hearts they turned to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make for us gods who will go before us. As for this Moses who led us out from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days and offered a sacrifice to the idol and, rejoicing, and were rejoicing in the works of their hands. But God turned away and gave them over to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring to me slain beasts and sacrifices during the forty years of the wilderness, O house of Israel? You took up the tent of Moloch and the star of your god Rephan, the images that you made to worship. And I'll send you into exile beyond Babylon. So previously, we had heard from Stephen about Moses' early life, the danger he was born into, how he, en he ended up being raised by Pharaoh's daughter, adopted and became mighty in words and deeds, having received a premium education at the expense of Pharaoh, in the most powerful nation on earth at that time. So Moses decided to position himself with the Israelites, the slave community, and gave up on a life of privilege and luxury after a failed bid to free his people. He had some life lessons to learn. God put him on the bench for 40 years. Let's see how he came back after the training out in the desert of Midian where he went for 40 years. God knocks on Moses' door 
So today, let's pick up on his journey back. Once again, is this the story that is being related by a blasphemer, one who disregards Moses? It sounds more like one who honors God, who honors, who honors Moses as well. So it says when 40 years had passed, that's a long time, an angel appeared to Moses in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in a flame of fire in a bush. So God takes the initiative and calls to Moses and he calls him back to work in the form of an angel in the wilderness, Mount Sinai. And this is somewhere that Moses would spend a lot of time in the future, leading the nation to the promised land in the flame of fire in a bush he sees God and God's going to bring him back to this mountain this is where you'll get the law of God and he gets today a fresh commissioning from God himself and this is Moses at 80 years old and God declares the ground holy despite the ground not being the temple which is the point of conflict with the religious leaders that Stephen is trying to make he's trying to make this point and he underlines that the temple represents God's presence but its use is fading this temple which they're fussing and bothering about and worshiping is just a representation of God's presence rather it is God who's holy and God who makes things holy and this is Stephen's key point this is his thesis he's saying God is not confined to mere places and God is the one that makes places holy not the places making God holy and a feature of Moses journey is his constant conversations with God and all of that started here at the burning bush the conversations with God we don't hear any anything before this of of Moses interacting with God but at this point from this point onwards there's a constant conversation going on and it says when Moses saw it this burning bush he was amazed at the sight and as he drew near to look there came the voice of the Lord I am the God of your fathers the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob and Moses trembled and didn't dare to look so the same God who made a covenant with Abraham repeats the same to Moses. He captures Moses' attention, spoke to him, reaffirms his commitment to his people. And rather than it being an easy moment where Moses becomes casual and, and just goes before God, rather he trembled, didn't even dare to look. And we are not to be presumptuous before God. Moses could not even look when the voice spoke. We must always remember the fear of the Lord, the healthy respect that causes us to run to God, not run away from Him. God is not our buddy. He is the God Almighty who casts unrepentant sinners into hell. And just remember that. He, he does that and yet He calls His people His own. Let's tremble. At such a mighty God as that who loves us in such a way as that that God would call us his own often God catches our attention and gives us his call and his fresh commissions be it circumstances or otherwise God will grab hold of us and get us to see what he has got hold of us for just like he does with Moses in this speech by Stephen what could be more exciting or more exhilarating than an encounter with the living God and hearing from him 
his voice and his, his words for us to go and do something. He is the God who made all things and holds all things together. And here he's commissioning Moses afresh. And Stephen is relating this story to honor Moses and to show and to reinforce the authenticity of Moses' call from God. This is hardly the words of a blasphemer, the one who seeks to tarnish the name of Moses. As God put an honor on Moses, Stephen also puts an honor on Moses and proceeds to describe this encounter at the bush further. It says, Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their groaning and I come down to deliver them. And now, come, I will send you to Egypt. The place where God was, was holy, the ground itself, according to God. And Stephen makes sure that the religious leaders hear God's remarks about it, that it is holy ground. It is not the place that makes God holy, but God that makes any place holy. Here is a man, Stephen, who reveres God, his presence. He knows the history of the Jewish people and is enthralling his listeners, who up till now haven't even interrupted Stephen because they are so captured as he gives this dramatic retelling of their shared history. He keeps saying, our fathers, our people. By repeating the very words of God, he wants to appeal to their following of the genuine God. And isn't it interesting how God sends Moses as the answer to the cry of his people? He says, now I'm sending you. That's often what happens to us. We begin to pray and call out to God, and then God says, I want you to go and be the answer to that. And that's what prayer does to us. It grabs our hearts and gets us aflame for what is on God's heart. So the story continues. This Moses, who they rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and judge? This man God sent as both ruler and redeemer by the hand of an angel who appeared to him in the bush. So just as Jesus was rejected in his ministry, his earthly ministry, so Moses was rejected and largely forgotten for 40 years. Yet both returned to rule and redeem the people who had rejected them. Jesus returned in glory and was poured out. He poured out a spirit upon the early church and started in Jerusalem. Started off with the lost sheep of Israel. Same with Moses. He came back to those who'd rejected him. God put an honor on Moses and Jesus despite their rejection by the people. And in this case, the current religious leaders had rejected Stephen, who was honoring both Moses, Jesus, and the God of the Old Testament, the, the covenant God of the people of Israel. In all this, Stephen shows his regard for Moses. Moses' calling, and God's hand in it all. Yet he is able still to affirm that Moses was a man, just a man, and that Jesus was the one which we will hear shortly of in the speech that Moses was a type of and who Moses prophesied would appear as Messiah. And that the Israelites should listen to Moses, to the one that Moses pointed to, Jesus. 
The more you listen to Stephen, the more you wonder why he is actually on trial. For he has a firmer grip of God's great purposes, God's word, the history of the nation of Israel, than those whose job it is to lead the nation to God. And so Stephen continues, This man led them out, performing signs and wonders in Egypt, and at the Red Sea, and in the wilderness for forty years. Moses was just a man, yet God used him to also perform signs and wonders, as Stephen had, that's what started off all this trouble, Yet Moses did that in Egypt, not in the temple, which these guys are fussing about, these religious leaders. And they are, and they are worshipping the temple instead of God. God, through Moses, did miracles in the desert for 40 years, feeding them, providing water. There was no temple, just a people and their God. Where God moved in the pillar of fire or cloud, the people also moved. And that's, that's the place that was holy. God continued to honor the leadership and, ro and role of Moses for 40 years. He became a humble, servant-hearted leader. And this is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you now a prophet like me for your brothers. That's what Deuteronomy says, Deuteronomy 18 verse 15. Stephen steps up again. This Moses, who the religious leaders revere, who he honors too, he spoke of another to come, a Messiah, a prophet. And he said, we need to listen to this prophet. And so we also need to listen to Moses. We need to listen to all of Moses' words to be able to appreciate this prophet that was coming. If Moses could point to someone to come, this prophet, why are you religious leaders so reluctant to receive the words of Moses, who pointed to this coming Messiah? this prophet and we need to respect this this prophecy the Messiah is the one that the prophecy points to so Stephen is making a move to help the religious leaders draw a line from God to Moses to Jesus as a fulfillment of the one promised by Moses by saying that the Israelites should listen to this coming prophet Moses affirms the right of this coming one this prophet, this Messiah, to overwrite even the laws of God and interpret them. Moses was a mere pen. The one who would come, who he was pointing to, would be the writer, the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Ours is not to speculate at him, but to listen to him. That's what Stephen is saying. If they had believed Moses, they would have recognized Jesus. But they, like their ancestors, are only good at ever rejecting God and rejecting God's commissioned services, servants. So Moses opened the door for Jesus, who would usher in the new covenant, which Stephen was talking about and living out. This is the one who was in the congregation in the wilderness, with the angel who spoke to him at Mount Sinai, and with our fathers. He received living oracles to give to us. Our fathers refused to obey him, but thrust him aside. In their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. So if they accepted that Moses received the words of God, which they follow to this day, why do they ignore some of what Moses said? Because he's pointing to this prophet. Stephen helps his hearers see how the Israelites had actually rejected God. 
rejected Moses and only ever wanted to return to Egypt and live as slaves rather than follow God. In their hearts they thrust aside Moses and they rejected God in doing that because Moses was God's anointed leader. He has the religious leaders see how dangerous it is to oppose God and to resist his servants. These religious rulers would have been those who had opposed Moses in his day had they been alive. Just as they oppose God now in resisting his church and his servants like Stephen. So saying to Aaron, this is how they resisted, make for us gods who will go before us. As for this Moses who fed us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. That's what the people said. They said to Moses, make us a god, make us an idol. They so disobeyed God that whilst Moses was receiving the very law that they were to obey, they committed adultery and worshipped a golden calf. They manufactured an idol in the desert and they spoke in such a dishonouring way to Moses, saying, this Moses. They weren't even patient enough for his return from the mountain. So we ought to be good followers in our churches, be those who lean into the leadership, not like these ancient Israelites who only ever complained and grumbled to Moses or against Moses or against God. They were never thankful for all his many years of leading them. And they actually made him lose his earthly inheritance in the promised land. Because Moses never entered the promised land. He could just see it, but through their disobedience, he lost his cool one day. And yet he was the only one who really wanted to reach the promised land. So Stephen's commitment to Jesus and his honoring of Moses are very compatible and plain to see. He is not a blasphemer, for even Moses prophesied that Jesus would come and be this coming prophet and have authority to change the customs and the rules. These religious leaders and teachers are acting like those who demanded the golden calf to stay in tune with the customs of that time, which they were used to in Egypt, rather than being transformed into a new people, the called out people of God, separate people, God's separate people. And they made a calf in those days and they offered a sacrifice to the idol and were rejoicing in the work of their hands. But God turned us away to have them over, hand them over to worship the host of heaven. They had sunk so low, yet actually worshipped an idol, openly, publicly rejecting Moses and rejecting God. It says God gave them up. That's a terrifying sentence. If you read in the book of Romans, chapter 1, it talks about how the sin becomes the punishment. It says God gave them up to dishonorable passions. God gave them up to the defiling of their bodies among themselves. And these were the people of God who had one of the best leaders ever, Moses. They had just escaped 430 years of slavery, yet all they want to do is worship idols and grumble and complain. What a tragedy, what foolishness. So to sum all of this up, all that Stephen's been saying, Moses was an instrument of God. God was not limited by his location. His people are always disobedient and ungrateful, idol-worshipping. We need to cling to God and his purposes and not disobey God. So Stephen is about to launch his final volley before his speech is cut off. 
for which we never hear the ending of. He is clearly innocent, but what will the religious leaders do next? So are you obeying God in your generation? Or are you obeying the culture? Are you openly hostile to God's great purposes, his church, his bride? If you've never known the forgiveness of God, never repented of your sin before God and received forgiveness, come to Jesus, talk to him today. Join in with this great adventure which God has for the people of God in our time. Amen.